You're listening to a podcast for sinners and sufferers. Conversations about theology, church, and culture for weary souls in need of grace. My name is Cody. And my name is Kyle. I'm kind of sitting in the dark right now, surrounded by, well, boxes and mess. For for those who watch the video and maybe have been watching them for a while, you might notice that the shelf behind me, my little feature books and nerdy stuff. I don't know. Do you crop that out? Maybe I put so much effort into my um, shelf for you to crop it out, but it is. Yeah, it gets cropped out sometimes, oh, that's no. for sure. It's uh, it is very <laughs> empty today. There's two lights and there is a stuffed banana, which is It's long. pretty dark though, so you can't really see super well. Yeah, that was sort of the goal. Well, and even like this whole situation, this was meant to be a very temporary I can set up this space in this room and throw up a camera and it'll be it for a while. But I'm finally moving, as I as I said many episodes ago, to the promised land of Alberta. It's flooding right now, Is so it? we I the next like it's been raining for two days, two, three days straight now, basically. And there's a state of emergency in Calgary. Oh good for flooding. Because there's a river that goes like right through Calgary, yeah. and there's certain sections that they're scared of flooding. Um, as as I'm moving yeah. there, everyone will be evacuating the other direction. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But but yeah, that's uh with this. I know I'm really excited. We're gonna start doing the podcast in person again. I have plans. I'm gonna try to make a little kind of studio in my apartment. The benefits of being a single guy is that I can just have my living room be a studio and <laughs> nobody there's nobody that it inconveniences um but so I have some ideas for that and we've been talking about possibly doing a live stream like sort of a live broadcast I've seen a lot of like Christian creators are doing this now where they live broadcast initially and then edit down from that live broadcast to do the their actual podcast that they release on audio platforms and uh i think that'd be really cool we have a pretty cool community small but mighty um and it'd be cool to have the opportunities to have some real-time interaction to have people pop in make little comments and questions on the topic as we we discuss it um i'm looking forward to that make it a little bit more chill well i think with this Right now, it's like we kind of have to be more almost scripted and like succinct because there's like an internet delay and everything like that. So it'll be more conversational for sure. Yeah, for sure. It'll be good. And I don't know. I'm excited. There's big things coming up. We are going to be taking all this to say we are going to be taking a, a break about two weeks optimistically. Don't. Don't hold me to that. It might be three, but depending how quickly I can like get tables and arrange everything, it'll be a two-week break after this episode. We're, we're recording this actually in advance, so by the time this comes out, I am everything I own will be in my car, and I will be visiting my parents for a week before heading to Alberta. Mm-hmm. Um, but we hope people will not forget about us during that time <laughs> i'll try to post some Please instagram back instagram content or something um but yeah lots of things going on uh i know kyle has a super secret project that i'm dying to talk about that he doesn't want to talk about yet but i'm gonna no 
it's part of why I'm choosing to move to Calgary. And, uh, but I'm really excited. There's some things that we have in the future that I just want to build some vague hype. It's going to be cool. It's, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be huge. <laughs> as, you, as you can tell, I'm very quiet right now. <laughs> Kyle's like, don't talk about it. Don't talk about my secret plans. Well, I keep saying, like, I just, uh, I like, I don't want to build, I don't want to ruin people's, uh, I I guess basically we're we're just being uh, slow and careful about it right now because we want to manage expectations, basically. But also just saying this, like, people are probably, could potentially, like, get hyped up and be like, oh, that's it. And it's like, okay, cool. (laughs) But, um, You know, all this to say big changes for both of our lives, I guess. Um, I think one of the the things about the podcast is it's an outlet for us to just talk about certain things and topics that are interesting to us. Um, And at this kind of beginning portion as well, just to break the ice, it's letting you in on our lives a little bit. Mm. Because, you know, uh, when you're a, a podcaster like us, you become an influencer. So... Um, people care about us we're big influencers very popular christian influencers exactly so so yeah um things coming up for sure i'm excited about the the potential of live streaming Mm -hmm. um honestly like just practically it makes things a little bit easier um and if you're um available during the times that we do it it's kind of a cool way to interact with other people and just listen in whatever take that kind of take that time to do it so um looking forward to that for sure today we are going to be talking through the promise of christ the gospel and the new covenant specifically as it's presented in the old testament um i think it's something it's it's easy to to neglect the old testament you know growing up as a like going to church in a christian home it, there's definitely this like almost unspoken maybe some people said it where you're like well we're new testament christians now so the old testament that's kind of nice to know how things were but we can disconnect we can separate ourselves out from that but the the reality is the gospel the good news of jesus christ the gospel is in the Old Testament. It starts right in Genesis, and and it's a it's something that might be a little bit trippy if you've never considered this before to try and wrap your head around. But we, fortunately, we have the sixteen eighty nine Confession to help us out. Um, we're in chapter twenty, which is on the gospel, the promise of Christ, and we're gonna crawl through this we haven't really discussed it but i made the decision for this week we're just going to do one paragraph because this is the gospel and i feel like if we're going to take our time to to crawl through anything and be thorough in anything it should be the gospel so we'll probably do a few episodes just on this chapter to make sure that we really get to kind of marinate i don't know meditate marinate's a gross word <laughs> kind of meditate marinate. on this and be, like be saturated in the doctrine of the gospel yeah i think the um especially looking at in this paragraph specifically what we'll get to is like 
in the Old Testament and specifically the very beginning of it. Just seeing the gospel throughout the Old Testament, I think is really important for all of us. Um, I think just not, maybe not even because anyone taught me it or whatever. I just generally thought that like when you got to the New Testament, that's where like gospel happened. And so everything before that was more just like story and history. Um, and you know, it's cool and everything, but you kind of, it's almost like, like we're really getting into it in the New Testament, right? Like you, we all have seen those shows where the season kind of starts off slow and you're like, okay, yeah, this is interesting stuff. But then there's like that episode and everything seems to change and you're like, okay, we're, we're there now we're, we're, we're moving. Um, and that's kind of how we can view the Bible sometimes. Um, but the gospels throughout the old, the whole old Testament from the very beginning all the way through. And we're going to kind of map that out a little bit today. Yeah. It makes me think there's a, we've talked about the American gospel documentary before, and we, we enjoyed that. We got a lot out of it. Um, but there's a clip in, I think it was the second one where have these guys talking and they're like, it says here that Jesus preached the gospel, um, but he hadn't died yet. So if the, go the gospel is that he died, then how did he preach the gospel? And it's funny because in that context, they're like, ah, oh, we're being profound. But actually, if, you know, if people read the confessions, which is something that especially young Calvinists, if there are people out there that are like new to Calvinism, that's why they're stoked on us. Go read some confession, get that that deeper, broader theological understanding, because this is hundreds of years ago. They answered that question. Mm -hmm. You want to read the paragraph or shall I? Um, I can do it. Hey, not. Okay. Um, chapter 20 is what we're on. Mm -hmm. Of the gospel and the extent of grace thereof. Quite the title. Paragraph one. The covenant of works being broken by sin and made unprofitable unto life. God was pleased to give forth the promise of Christ. The seed of the woman as the means of the calling of the elect. Uh, and begetting in them faith and repentance in this promise, the gospel, as to the substance of it, was revealed and is therein effectual for the conversion and salvation of sinners. So, first things first, Cody, I'm going to have you explain. What is the covenant of works? Yeah, so we've been talking about covenants and covenantal theology a lot in the recent episodes, but if you're just popping in, um, covenant of works is... This, uh, it's what we see in the garden that God gives Adam specific precepts, you know, go forth, multiply, subdue the earth, don't eat that one fruit. There's a promise of eternal life, a promise of eternal Sabbath rest with God on adherence to these things, but a threat of death on a breach of that covenant on disobedience. And the word covenant isn't used, but we see later when the word covenant is used there's referral back to this previous covenant there's referral back to the garden constantly which is why we understand this as a covenant and basically the what the paragraph is getting at is that adam broke this covenant that he disobeyed he ate that fruit death gained dominion sin corrupted our natures so the prospect of achieving eternal life and rest with god by our, our obedience is effectively off the table adam already screwed that up for us it's not the way that we're going to achieve eternal rest eternal life with god the, the only thing that we get from that covenant now is 
curse is death, decay, condemnation. Thanks to Adam. Way to go, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, I think often um, this can be confusing for a lot of people because you say, well, this is a covenant between Adam and God. And people are like, I don't doesn't say it's like he, he made a covenant with him because there's times where it's specifically it's like God made a covenant with Abraham and it like says it and lays it out pretty clearly. But what, we're, what people do when it comes to theology is we're looking at the Bible and what it says. You can see, okay, in the in the garden, there's covenantal language here that God's using. There's stipulations he's putting. There's a relationship there. And so we've named it the covenant of works, and it's not people kind of adding theology into the Bible, but it's just using terms to explain what's going on here. Um, and so that's just... Uh, I think it, it can be confusing, especially when it's like covenant of works. I, it's just like, well, what does that even mean? It's kind of, it can be a little confusing, but that's, you know, that's laying that out. I think what's, uh, what's interesting about this paragraph is that um, right when this covenant is broken by Adam, we see the promise of Christ. So we talked about kind of at the beginning of this, that, um, that the, the gospel is all throughout the Bible, and specifically, we see that in the very beginning, Genesis three fourteen, um, where I should actually, I'm going to pull it up quickly because I'll just read it instead of explaining it. But Genesis three fourteen is a huge verse when it comes to our theology and um, and how we view the promise of Christ. And so, Adam and Eve have now sinned; covenant broken. And it says, Genesis 3.14, The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go, and dust you will eat all the days of your life. And I just lost it. There we go. 15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. And so that is what... Um, theologians have given the term what is it proto-evangelion or something even something like that it means first gospel yeah um and that's the reason they've given it that name probably because they spoke in latin or something <laughs> i don't know but <laughs> first gospel because it's the first mention of kind of this like gospel plan of yeah. god to, that jesus is going to come and save us from our sins mm-hmm yeah, and we still like to use Latin today because we're smart or something. Yeah, Latin is such a funny concept because it's just a flex language. Like, there's no reason to know it other than to prove that you're smarter than people that don't know it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's crazy that in this very moment that God is uttering the the, the curses, you know, he's... Is, was the serpent cursed last? Do you, have, do you have Genesis open still? I believe he was cursed last, right? Like He was... Where was he first? No, he was cursed um, first. And okay. then he goes, and then it says to the woman and then to Adam. Okay. Even yeah. So, but in the midst of God uttering these curses, explaining the consequence of sin, of the fall, of sin entering the world, he, he in there just gives us this, this little breadcrumb of hope. He get, he gives us this promise and he's actually saying it to this, to the serpent who we, from later scripture understand to be Satan, he says that Eve's seed, that's her offspring, 
will bruise or or sometimes people will translate it crush will bruise or crush his head that that there's this early promise that someday a savior descendant from adam and eve someday a savior will come in and crush the head of the devil a deliverer will defeat the devil and and then later we see you know we get these clarifying concepts of of who this offspring is that he's redeemer that he's savior that the concept of messiah arises in you know jewish theology and there's a lot of of, you know looking for the messiah and and holding on to this promise and, and you know hope like it's a very much uh Mm-hmm. a religion of hope and waiting for the messiah because that that is the earliest form of the gospel is looking forward to the messiah coming yeah and that's where so this verse is very important because not only does it set up you know again you think you can think of it as the bible is a full story it's kind of setting up the whole the climax of the whole thing and setting up the what's coming in the future but then we also uh, learn some things from it. And it's interesting because as you go throughout the Old Testament, you see people actually trying to kind of interpret this um, this promise in their lives. So um, a few things we see is the first one is that this deliverer would be a man, not an angel or some other being. So our Savior must be human and later we see what that means. But um, I think what we see almost immediately is uh, Genesis 4. Uh, it says, Now the man Adam had relationship relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain, and she said, I have gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. Now, myself and, I th- and a lot of people look at this and interpret it as Eve is saying, after this promise, the seed of the woman will crush the serpent's head. She thinks this is the promised offspring she thinks Cain is the promised offspring mm-hmm. and um it's so interesting because you'll get these little glimpses throughout the old testament of this where people are looking at a prominent figure or or something or they're writing about someone in the old testament and it's you see them people thinking okay this is our this is the messiah this is the the promised offspring this is the person and they they keep getting it wrong but they're always looking for that so we know that um our savior must be human and all throughout the genealogy of Jesus in the old Testament, they're like, okay, is this the one? Is this, the, is this the guy? And they're always looking for that. Yeah. And it's, you know, they would have had no concept of why that was so important that the deliverer would be their offspring, but we do have that progressive. We, as we gain more and more revelation in the new Testament, Hebrews two seventeen says, therefore he had to be, Um, He had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Our Savior had to be both like us, fully man, and also fully God in order to be that perfect mediator. He had to be someone who um, was like us, who had experienced, um, you know, human life, who had exercised obedience who had overcome temptation in our shoes to fulfill the law perfectly um to fulfill that covenant that was made between god and man 
in order to stand before God uh, as a mediator. And at the same time, he had to be perfectly God so that, you know, his sacrifice is enough so that he could defeat death and, and much more. Yeah, there's, you're always forgetting something when you talk about the gospel. There's so much depth to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, again, like the whole fully God and fully man, one of the things you see is like David, for example, so in that lineage, right? Mm. So he would fit the bill. Seems to be kind of the right type of guy and character and everything. The king is like doing really well, but then he sins and it's like, oh, okay, this can't be the one who saves us from, from our sins because he sins as well. And, you know, specifically the... The, kind of the big one that the Bible points out to us is his sin with Bathsheba. And that's so, and that's all consistent, but to be fully God and fully man can be without sin. Um, the second thing we see though, is that from uh, this, this verse is that the deliverer would suffer in some way. So it says that um, God says to the serpent, he being the offspring shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. So there's some sort of like exchange of blows in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, that was one of the things that we saw. Okay, this deliverer, his heel would be bruised is, is what, what it says there. Um, we obviously see in the New Testament Christ suffering for us. You see Isaiah 53 is a very famous passage known as the suffering servant. Um, and you usually hear it around Easter time. Uh, he was bruised for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. You see that similar language there as well um, of this, again, more prophecy of this deliverer who would come and how he would be servant of God, and he would, but he would also be suffering servant as well. So you see, like, it, even in Isaiah itself, this picture of this Messiah is going to be a conquering king, but there's also, like, suffering servant and as you read different um uh historical books and even i think you can even see it in the in the bible is that people were constantly thinking well the this promised savior is going to be the conquering king but then there's this thing about suffering servant and they almost like separated the two mm -hmm. like, okay well a conquering king can't be a suffering servant as well but obviously we see in jesus that that has it was all about him is it, if you know, is it Isaiah 53? I know there's one chapter of Isaiah that the Judaistic Jews tend to not read. It's like the unread chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, that one? Is it 53? Yeah. But, yep. So this is an important in terms of the gospel and who Christ is that he, he would suffer because we are told that, you know, he endured the curse. He endured our punishment. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. His suffering is an important part of the gospel because that's him enduring what we deserved. Him taking the suffering, the curse on himself. So there's the aspect of him obeying perfectly to to offer righteousness to us but also him taking the consequence so that we don't have to endure that consequence that that we should and uh i i love to in just god's curse where he's like you will bruise his heel and he will bruise your your head 
is it's similar to the type of stuff we see in Revelation, how there's this constant, you know, Christ does this and then the beast or and then the dragon does this like lesser parody thing of it. Like the, the beast had a wound on his head that he healed from and everyone's praising him for that. Whereas Jesus actually fully died and then came back from the death. That wound on the head was just a, a, a faint parody. It was a, just a, a lame attempt at it. And I love mm-hmm. you're right here. He's like, he's going to crush your head, fatal blow, but you're going to nip at his heel. And I don't know if you've ever like consciously considered it, but your heel's pretty tough. Like your heel takes a lot of abuse throughout like your life and just <laughs> your day to day, like being hurt on the heel. Like, yeah, you can be hurt. You can break your heel and stuff, but it's generally compared to a blow to the head. It's nothing like what mm-hmm. Satan was able to inflict on Jesus is just kind of pathetic ultimately in relation to what Christ has has done which is also the the final kind of point that we can see in this early form of the gospel and this early promise is that Christ that this this coming deliverer would conquer that he would crush the serpent's head that we'd understand later to mean that he'd overcome death and he'd break the dominion of of darkness completely yeah you kind of when you read this too it's almost like uh, comedic in a sense and i don't mean that as just like a like laughing joke funny but comedic in the almost like uh how you think of like shakespearean comedies where it's more almost irony and stuff but you get this picture of like okay so god has created this world created humanity who are like the the pinnacle of his creation. He has this perfect relationship with them and he gives them this, this place to live. And then Satan comes and he tempts them and they fall into temptation and they, they sin against God. And Satan at that point must be feeling really good. Like he's just like, I got them. You thought this was going to like, these people are just going to follow you and you're going to have this great relationship with them. And I got them to go against you and and to to second guess you and like again immediately when that happens god comes to him and says guess what (laughs) guess what you're gonna you're gonna one day your head's gonna be crushed and you're gonna think again that you you did something big bruising him on bruising my my savior on the heel but he's gonna crush you on the head and it's just like this this amazing almost like comedic scene right where the devil thinks he's done something so well and god's like just you wait for what's gonna happen um and it's just this amazing picture of god's control and and his sovereignty over everything and you know we don't get all the details of how this will work out but now being able to read read it all read all the account and see what happened like satan um did his work and Christ, you know, Christ died on the cross and he probably thought he had a huge victory, but what he didn't realize is it was all within the plan of God. Actually, Christ rises from the dead and here we go. Right. That was the, that was the bruising on the heel that, that we see talked about here is Christ's death on the cross. And for a moment, maybe Satan thought he did something significant, but what was actually happening was far bigger than that. Yeah. The, the confession continues to say that 
we we see in this Genesis passage that this seed, this promise deliver, would be the the means of calling the elect this earliest form of the gospel. That because the substance of the gospel is there, that God is sending a redeemer to free us from the the influence of Satan, from the curse of the devil. We already have this this rendering here in in Genesis, and it's enough to call God's elect to salvation. Even before Jesus came to earth, the hope of him, the hope of the gospel could be preached. Um, John 8, 55 to to 58, Jesus tells the Pharisees, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad So the Jews said to him, you're not yet 50 years old and have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Abraham's faith was counted to him as righteousness because it was a faith in Jesus. It was a faith looking forward to that coming deliverer. He didn't have all the details, which in ways maybe is a greater faith because he was a kind of a vagueness that he's like, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I know that God is promised a deliverer. And today, mm-hmm. our salvation comes from looking back, from looking to the deliverer who who has come, who has defeated sin and death, broken the dominion of Satan, whereas Abraham, it was looking forward. And that's how Jesus could preach the gospel before he had died yet, because he was saying, I am the hope come now, that, that God sent a deliverer to overcome Satan. He, Jesus is saying, that's me, and I'm here now. That's what he's saying right there to the Pharisees in his, you know, typical Jesus confusing language so that mm-hmm. <laughs> that those in Mark 4, he talks about um, those who, who, you know, he isn't calling. He speaks in parables that they won't see. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, I, I always think about this too, like, Abraham had a faith of something that was yet to come. And so like we have this verse in the New Testament that says like you have faith without seeing, right? Like you haven't seen him, but you still believe. It was the same for Abraham back then. Um, And I think we we always kind of, or a lot of us, and especially skeptics as well, are like, well, I want to, I want to see the proof. I want to see it. But like faith is that hope in something that, that you haven't seen. And Abraham knew that a savior was coming. Like he was convinced of that. And that's, that was, that's his faith. Right. So he acted in alignment with that. Um, and so it was like a different time, but still saved by faith. Like that, that verse raised very clear that Abraham's faith was counted him as righteousness, right? It wasn't his works and what he did mm. and everything. And it's the same for us as well. We're now post Christ's death and resurrection and we still have to, you know, we have the scriptures, which is like a huge benefit for us. And um, we have all those before us who, who we can look back on their lives and, and see. But it's, a, it's still a faith that like we didn't see Christ die and rise from the dead. We didn't see that, but we still believe. And so before and after the cross, it's, it's that same faith. Yeah, Jesus has been our hope and message ever since Genesis 3.15. Ever since Genesis, our hope has been in Jesus. And just sort of as closing thoughts, uh, you know, coming off, assuming we don't somehow switch release order, we 
we're recording this right after our episode on toxic church cultures, which hopefully, I don't know, <laughs> in retrospect, hopefully we didn't come across as too bitter, but this is here. This is what the church should be known for. This is what we should be known for is heralding this message of hope in the gospel is heralding the the good news that Jesus has come that he that the deliverer has defeated the devil that the the he's come to crush the head of the serpent this is what our message is this is what we should be known for this is what we want to be declaring from rooftops wherever we have the opportunity to share it this is the gospel yeah but well, um, I'm still going to make you do the outro, okay. but in some sense, this is the kind of the end of another era of our podcast, um, because the next time everyone sees us, we'll be back to doing in person and everything. So there you go, everyone. Um, welcome to a new era of our podcast again. Hope you feel special. Um, at the end of the day, though, as things like as things in the podcast change and things in life change for everyone, I think a message like this is actually what we constantly need to be going back to. And that's what we always want to be about. So it's kind of a cool, I, f I feel like I'm making a moment out of this, but what, what I'm really getting at here is like, um, it's kind of a cool topic for us to kind of end this section on because it's pointing us back to what we, what we really need. And the 1689 is great for always pointing us back to the gospel, but then you get these specific chapters of it um, that always need to remind us of, you know, why we're here, why we're doing what we're doing, and um, and what it, where our hope is in life as well. I already like this episode, and it's not out yet, so people better listen. Share this. If you made it this far, share it with people. <laughs> but uh, yeah. We appreciate you listening, especially if you've made it through the whole episode. You know, I can see statistics of how many people finish. So if you make it to the end, you're you're a VIP. You you are a cut above the rest, and we <laughs> appreciate you. Um, and we want to hear from you. If you have comments, questions, snide remarks, you can send us a message on Instagram. You can comment on a reel. Somebody commented just today. It was like four paragraphs, and I just said like but we read them we read all of your comments and everything if uh, you can join the discord it is an online community where we can have some back and forth we have a few different channels we talk about theology we talk about star wars we talk about coffee uh and it's just a community of people that are seeking to to go deeper and find common interests uh, if you want to support us best thing you can do is share the the podcast with people that you think might appreciate it people who might benefit from it people who might like to be part of this community if you like it you rate it you write reviews all that helps us kind of broaden our our message it it, it helps us to shout this gospel to more people and to connect with more people um, if you want to support us in a very practical means especially as we're doing this transition to live i generally we don't do this for money but it would be really nice to be able to like not lose money <laughs> so if you want to support <laughs> us you can partner with us on patreon which is just like a monthly thing it's our cheapest 
level is super cheap if you want to actually get something tangible out of it we have merch i'm not wearing our merch i don't know why i tugged on my shirt but we're uh we have merch we have hats i'm gonna order them once i've moved i don't want them to get lost going to the wrong address but we have that's fair cool hats we got mugs we got pins we got all kinds of stuff and uh yeah we appreciate anything and no pressure we also just love you being here and interacting with us Thank you.